there, nature nerds. As you know, our podcast has been taking a summer break to get ready for the second half of the season. We're so excited to bring you four brand new episodes starting in September. During this break, Jeremiah and I have been super busy gathering interviews, doing research, and creating silly stories that you are sure to love. Our team has also been reviewing our practices and making sure our work reflects the beautiful diversity of nature and the diverse voices that are part of the conservation movement. To do this, we sat down with avian scientist Kia Williams and talked about her life, passions, and hopes. During this interview, we also discussed the complicated subject of race relations. Open discussions about race might seem daunting as a parent, but it's more important than ever in today's political climate to talk about these things with our children. We hope this interview will pique your little one's interest in birding, as well as open the door for a dialogue on race and equality. For more resources on how to speak to your children about race, stick around to the end of the episode. And without further ado, here's our interview with Kia. All righty, are we recording? Yeah, we're, uh, we're good to go. Awesome. Okay, let's get started. Uh, today, Jeremiah and I are joined by scientist Kia Williams. We're so excited to chat with her today about her work. But before we get started, let me introduce our listeners to Kia with a brief um, bio. Uh, so Kia is a local scientist um, who researched shorebirds and is studying to get her doctorate at Tulane. Like many of our listeners, uh, and myself, uh, Kia grew up in New Orleans, where she spent a lot of her time outside. So I wanted to make sure we start from the beginning with your love of nature. So can you tell us a little bit about how you enjoyed the outdoors when you were younger? Yeah, I just, I grew up in the city, just like trying to be outside as long, long as I could every day and like going to the aquarium, the zoo, and basically anywhere that I could that had like animals. I basically would just like go out in the backyard and catch different bugs. I would catch walking sticks a lot and I would catch a knolls. I was like the resident lizard catcher in the house because my mom was afraid. So she saw a lizard. She's like, I know you don't want me to kill this. So you need to come get it. So I'd like run from the other side of the house, catch the lizard and put it outside because she didn't want it in the house. Um, yeah, so I would just do stuff like that, or like my grandma would take me to the zoo, the aquarium, the nature center um, before Katrina. We would go there all the time. So as a child who loved nature, did you have dreams of becoming a scientist? <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So then after college, I... Um, I just knew I needed a job, so I just like knocked on a bunch of doors in the department and somebody gave me a job. It happened to be a bird job um, with a grad student who was studying Bachman sparrows. So I just helped her with her data collection, catching birds, banding. That was like my first like jump into birds and holding a bird and like getting paid to just like hike and watch birds I was like I could this is a job like this is crazy so yeah so I started off there and then after that I was like well I want this to be my job so I just worked all over the country um eventually I got a job back in Louisiana and after that I met my advisor at Jean Lafitte 
in the park just like birding and she asked me what I wanted to do and I was like I want to be an ornithologist she's like well I study shorebirds I was like I've studied shorebirds we should talk and we talked and now I'm at Tulane um, as a PhD student studying ecology and evolutionary biology hey guys it's me Lane I'll be popping into the interview every now and then to help define any unfamiliar words. Now, I know what you're thinking. Where's Jerry? Well, she's on vacation, and I really didn't want to ruin her trip to Cabo, so you're stuck with me. Okay, now let's talk about that big word that Kia just said. Ecology. Ecology is the study of relationships between different organisms and the environment. In other words, it's a study of how living things like plants and animals interact with each other and non-living things that surround them like rocks and water. We call someone who studies ecology an ecologist. Okay, now back to the interview. So what does your work entail? I specifically study avian ecology and my focus is on beach nesting birds. So yeah, I just study all of those like different dynamics between birds and the environment. I really love your story. I think that's really interesting that this was like not your overall plan, but you started it, really, really liked it. And were like, okay, this is the goal now. Like, how do I make this my career? So Kia, can you tell us a little bit about why you do this research? Hopefully this work will go toward manage, habitat management because I'm sure, as you guys know, you're from Louisiana or you're, you're in Louisiana, like Louisiana is losing land at such a fast rate. Um, so there's all these efforts to study the things that live on the coast so that we can preserve them before the land is gone. That's sort of my goal is to inform the people who make those decisions about what happens to the beach and like restoration projects so that hopefully we can save the wildlife that still exists in those areas. I think that's a really admirable reason to do this type of work. Yeah, I bet the birds are really grateful for the work you're doing. I know if I were a bird and someone was trying to make sure that my environment was safe and secured, I'd be really happy. Speaking of birds, uh, do you have a favorite bird, Kia? <laughs> I don't... It's hard to pick a favorite because they're like, all the different types of birds that you could see, especially in Louisiana, there's just, they're cool in their own way. Um, but I do really like pelicans, brown pelicans, uh, which happens to be the state bird. Brown pelicans are pretty cool. Yeah, we might have to do an episode on them. Oh yeah, that'd be a good idea. Uh, so, Jeremiah, do you have a favorite bird? I don't know, like, I don't really have a favorite animal. I definitely have a favorite dog, which is my own dog. His name's Hershey. He's a chocolate lab. But I don't know, I don't really have a favorite. I have a favorite, I have a favorite dog, and that's it. What about you, Lane? Um... Oh, okay, I think my favorite is the sandpiper. Um, I just really like their silly little skinny legs and uh, like the way they run up and down the beach is really cute. All right, let's see, what is our next question? So let's yeah. start with those two, yeah. I guess in terms of, of birding in Louisiana, is it different than like 
it's birding in Philadelphia in terms of the environment. Is it easier to bird here since we have the swamplands compared to Los Angeles or to again Philadelphia? Like, what is it? What is it like birding here? That that's either a special compared to other places that you've birded, or just like different. Yeah, I guess the difference between birding in Louisiana and birding other places that I've just like lived and worked is maybe um, specifically in New Orleans, I feel like you can just walk outside and go birding. Like you don't have to go to like a designated place. Sometimes I'm not even going to bird, I'm just going to like take a walk, take my dog for a walk. And I'll see all kinds of birds um, that I wasn't even expecting. I'm like, man, I should have brought my binoculars. I should always have my binoculars. But yeah, I think it's cool that you can just like step outside and birds are just all around. So I think it, it makes it more accessible to bird because you don't have to have a lot of transportation. You don't have to really have a lot of equipment. If you just have like a cheap pair of binoculars, you can just like walk around the block and find some birds to look at. Uh, that's a really excellent point, Kia. Living in a big city with lots of interesting wildlife all around makes participating in nature exploration really accessible for all people. Access and equity is key to ensuring that all voices are being given a chance to be heard in the conservation movement. Definitely. Kia, I'm I'm curious, what is what is it I guess about birding that you love so much? Just out of I don't know, I do a lot of self-reflection. So that was like one of the things that I was thinking about. Like what is it about birding? Um in comparison to like mammals or plants, um but I just feel, for me, it's like a game or like a puzzle. So if you're like out in the woods or out at a park, you might hear something, but you don't see it. Um, or you might see something, but have no idea what it is. So it's just, it's just fun for me to like put all the pieces of a puzzle together. Yeah. And mammals are too easy. You're like, that's a squirrel. I know what that is. <laughs> Got it. Got it in one squirrel. <laughs> but also with the with the larger mammals, a lot of times you're not even looking for them or you're not seeing them. You're seeing like a piece of hair on a tree or like scat on the ground. <laughs> you're not seeing like the actual animal. So I think it's cool that with birds, you kind of like get to see them really close. Awesome. All right, let's see. So we had a couple questions about um, ways that we can help promote voices of people of color and like your personal experience as a person of color in this industry, kind of your general thoughts and reflections. And then we can talk a little bit about like how we can all help to, to be like better advocates. Um, so I haven't really, I haven't really experienced prejudice prejudice within the birding community, but I will say that during my field work, like, cause I don't work in New Orleans, I work on the coast. Um, sometimes interactions with people just in those areas can be uncomfortable. Cause most of the towns that I work in are predominantly white places. 
Um, you don't usually see a lot of black people. So the way that I sort of carry myself is different. Um, I don't feel as comfortable. I've had encounters with people that were not great. Um, it's just like another, like I'm already in grad school, which is stressful. Then I'm supervising other people, which is also stressful. And then on top of that, I have to deal with racism. It just take it, you know, all those things pile up and it takes an emotional and mental toll when you just want to do your job. You want to do the research, you want to enjoy yourself. And then you have to kind of like, you know, watch what you're doing or watch your surroundings, watch other people because you never know. But yeah, no, I've never had any encounters during birding that make me not feel safe. But I, I, I will say that I probably, I probably conduct myself in specific ways because I don't want to look suspicious or I don't want to look obvious. Um, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. The thing that you just brought up about it's not while you're in the field, it's the everything else in between. Mm -hmm. um, being in those towns, like that is never something I, I even thought about and that just shows so much. Mm -hmm. um, also, Jeremiah, um, if you had any thoughts about what, what Kia was saying, if you wanted to share anything as well. I, I, I definitely can agree, I think, in terms of, of of changing your your outer appearance and how you look and how you present yourself, I think, is a is a unifying principle amongst a lot of people of color in different in different job spheres. I know I find myself doing it in just my own personal jobs, and I'm a freelance designer, so I I spend a lot of time in different circles. So it's it's definitely something that has become second nature. So this is not a big word, but more of a big idea. What Kia and Jeremiah just described are their personal experiences in changing their appearance or their behavior so that they fit into mostly white communities, such as cities, workplaces, educational groups, or even friend groups. The fact that people feel they have to change who they are to be accepted is upsetting, and it's okay for you to feel sad because of this. Talking about things that make us sad is healthy, and by talking about the bad things that make us sad, we can often come up with solutions to the problems in our world. So Kia, I know that myself and other members of the Nature Nerds community want to help promote a, a more equal scientific community. So do you have any suggestions on what we can do as individuals or as a group um, to help with this mission? I think one of the things that is important is just to seek to seek out opinions of people that don't look like you, to seek out the work of people who don't look like you because in the in the science space so much research is being done and it's not all by white people, it's not all by white males. So it may be more work to find those people because they're not promoted as much but that's one thing that you can do just by looking, looking on like Googling people or Googling topics and, you know, looking for people 
um, looking for people of color that study something that you're interested in. Um, and if you are the person with privilege, um, then use that privilege to amplify those voices that wouldn't normally be amplified because they're not at the forefront. They're not like the first search result when you Google this topic because they're not, you know, as well known. Because I also think that, you know, a black woman's voice in this, in this specific topic is probably very rare. So, and I don't want kids that look like me to think because they don't see anyone like them that they can't do it. I just, for some reason, I was just like, well, this is what I want to do, so I'm going to do it. But other kids may not think like that. So I'm happy to be an example. That that warms my heart. That sounds so <laughs> cheesy, but it, like it really does. Like I think that's such an important part is like to see people that look like you as a role model. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in the, in the scientific community specifically, I just it's just interesting to me that we appreciate biodiversity so much. Like we want our green spaces to be diverse and have different plants insects, fungi, birds, mammals. We want those environments to be hospitable for all types of living things. So if we already appreciate that sort of diversity in ecosystems, I don't understand why it's so hard to appreciate diversity in science the same way. I want to just see house sparrows outside. I want to see <laughs> I want to see pelicans and like buntings and cardinals and all these different types of cool birds uh, you know just seeing one thing and one perspective being shown is like the most boring way to go about that like use the diversity to make things more dynamic and interesting so you can reach more people that way you can make more people of color feel like they're welcome in this space so that they can contribute um, to the field. Yeah, I don't know, you just get so many more diverse backgrounds, you get so many different ways of looking at a problem, solving it differently, um, just by asking for the expertise of everyone involved and everyone who cares, not just the majority, so. Yeah, I think the, the conversation is there and I think that's definitely a good stepping point, but there's still a lot of work that still needs to be done to promote equality. Uh, before we let you go, I wanna ask if you have um, any advice for members of our audience who might be interested in becoming a bird watcher, but might not know where to start? Just to not feel intimidated if you don't know things. I feel a lot of the time people, people shy away of saying they're a birder because they don't know every bird that they see. But if you think watching birds is interesting and you enjoy it and it's fun. It doesn't have to be your job. It just happens to be mine. Um, well, we want to thank you so much for stopping by to chat with us today, Kia. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for stopping by, Kia. Yeah, and thank you guys for inviting me to talk. <laughs>
All right, Kia, you have a great day. You too, bye. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Nature Nerds. We hope this interview will spark a meaningful conversation between you and your loved ones on the importance of equality. For additional resources on how to talk to your children about discrimination, please visit www.pbs.org backslash parents backslash talking about racism or check the episode description for this link and others below. Special thanks to Kia Williams for sharing her time and stories with us today. Don't forget to tune in on Monday, September 28th for our next full-length episode. And until then, stay wild, nature nerds.